This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I am not here for long, I said. It's a short job for me. Five months, tops. Yeah, well, if you say so. a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called The Bathtub. Insanity is a virtue. October 23rd. So tired. For the last few nights, I slept in small intervals and kept waking every few hours. Nights are the worst. I heard pacing, constant pacing upstairs. Back and forth. Back and forth. In the morning, my head was throbbing and I considered calling in sick again. No, no, I will not call in sick too many sick days lately and I have a job to do. At night, I kept seeing things out of the corner of my eye, but I knew nothing was really there. I was just exhausted. Sounds, too. I kept sleeping in, so I would hurry into work, not shaven and quite disarranged. People were starting to notice because they would ask me if I was okay. I wished everyone would leave me alone. I kept thinking about looking under that bathtub, but I wouldn't dare. Not yet. I would fantasize about it throughout the day and of what might be underneath it. Thinking about what was underneath the bathtub is what kept me up most nights. Yet I wouldn't dare look. Driving back home on an empty road, windows down. I should feel dread going back home, yet I feel exhilarated, addicted. My mind was on the mystery of the tracks on the floor, the pacing. It was a mystery that I needed to solve, a test of my character. I thought of the darkness under that bathtub but it instead led me to the darkness in my own mind. No, I was not ready to look into it and see what was in there. Let's keep it under the bathtub, where it belongs. 
Hey. Marty tipped his hat when he saw me. You were working hard. He was an older man, gray-haired and with a thick mustache. He always wore a hat, his thick hair sticking out. He was looking good for his age. He looked me up and down, obviously surprised to see me in such a disheveled state. I haven't shaved in over a week. My hair was unbrushed and probably filthy. Didn't matter. I would get a good night of sleep tonight, and it would all be better in the morning. Hi, Marty, I said quietly, my head down. You need your rent check? Would certainly appreciate a prompt payment, he cleared his throat. Then he lit a cigarette. He was probably in his sixties, smoked most of his life, making his voice rough. I went to my apartment, and he lingered in the doorway, looking after me. You can come in if you want, I said from the kitchen. I was fumbling with my checkbook. Oh, that's all right, he said from the doorway. I'm only here for a bit. I handed him the check. Marty, can I ask you something? Shoot, he said and scratched his prickly cheek. I could hear the stubble rubbing against his fingertips. Can I see the apartment upstairs? There is nobody there, right? His forehead crinkled. He was obviously surprised by this request. Why, uh, you don't like your spot? Something wrong? No, no, not exactly. I looked around uncomfortably. I really didn't want to sound crazy, yet if I told him this is exactly how I would sound, I am not insane. I just want to look around to see if there are any windows open or something. I keep hearing a noise from upstairs, and perhaps that's just a window. He looked at me and scratched his cheek again. I can check it out if you want, but I gotta tell you, that unit has never been occupied. Not once. He adjusted his belt awkwardly. It was a large leather belt with a massive buckle. That place needs to be fixed up still. It is in really poor shape. I never got around to fixing it up. He cleared his throat and threw his cigarette butt on the floor, putting it out promptly with his boot. Okay, well, can we go see it now? I went to grab my key, anticipating leaving. You know, why don't I go up there on my own? It is so dirty and broken, it's not really something a tenant should be doing. I will swing by now, make sure there are no windows open. He turned to leave. Wait, I called after him. One more thing. What is it? He half turned to go already, his face barely visible in the dim light of the hall. What happened to Frank? You know, the guy living here before me? I asked nervously, excited. Marty looked confused, although that look could be something else. His face was not easily visible. Why do you want to know about Frank? It's just... well, I keep hearing stories. Something about him never moving out of this place? Marty laughed a little. Well, if Frank never moved out, then where the heck is he? Yes, of course. But Heath said he didn't see him leave, and Marty cut me off. Listen, Heath doesn't even know what day it is today. The man is an alcoholic. People like to make up all sorts of stories about this place. They always had. Frank split. There's nothing else to it. 
He adjusted his hat. Was he nervous? Did you see him move out? I persisted. I don't need to supervise my tenants' comings and goings. Marty sounded irritated now. He crossed his arms almost defensively. Frank paid what was due on his rent and he was gone. I nodded, my head down. Marty turned to go upstairs. I'll take a look at that unit for you now, he said as he fixed his hat again. Good night to you. He nodded as he went upstairs. I could see his leather boots disappear up the metal staircase. Good night, I said limply and shut my door. I was determined to take a nice long shower and have a good night's sleep. Marty was surprised by all my questions and obviously did not give in to any rumors. That's what I should do too. Why did he look so nervous then? I could not shake off the feeling that he was hiding something. Yet, I felt reassured. I was driving myself crazy for no reason with all the constant thinking and obsessing about the bathtub, the pacing, and the room upstairs. Just let it go, I told myself. I have a job to do here. It's not like me to give in to stupid gossip. It's just this small town driving me crazy. I detest small towns. I got into my large bathtub and felt the water running all over my body. What a great feeling, almost liberating. I instantly relaxed, closed my eyes. Just the sound of water and steam all around me. About a minute later, I heard a sound, a uh, swish. I ignored it. It was just my restless mind, I decided. I needed to sleep. With my eyes closed, I could really focus on the restlessness in my mind, be alone with myself, calm myself. A thud, like someone struck the bathtub. This one was real. I could feel the metal vibrate underneath my feet. I opened my eyes and looked around. I was alone. Probably plumbing, I figured. It was an old place after all. I closed my eyes again, and suddenly, a hand grabbed my ankle. A rough, slimy hand, the nails digging in painfully. I could feel it. I jumped and looked down. All I saw were a few dark smears on the side of the bathtub. I turned off the water. Someone did grab my ankle. I felt it and I saw the marks. I got out of the bathtub, dripping wet, horrified. My heart froze. Because what I saw was a handprint. All covered by some black slime on the side of my bathtub. I got a towel and wrapped it around myself quickly. I was shaking. I ran into the living room and rummaged through one of my boxes. I had a camera in there, and I needed to take a photograph of this to prove to myself that I was not insane. I was still shaking. I heard another sound coming from the bathroom, a squeaky sound. I stopped searching, froze, and turned my head. The door was open and light still on. 
so I could see the bathtub clearly from where I stood. The black handprints were gone, fresh water dripping from the side where they once were. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. October 25th. I needed to know what was underneath the bathtub. Had to know. I kept thinking about it, pacing back and forth in my own living room. I was shaking constantly, full of anxiety. I thought it was from the incident, but I now know it was from excitement. I was so close to finding out what was underneath the bathtub. I knew it. This possibility was exhilarating to me. I thought it was Frank. I don't think he ever left. And I would get to find him, bring him back into the light. I obsessed over that idea. It was Frank under my bathtub, I decided. The incident in the shower was still fresh in my mind. I hadn't been able to get into the bathtub again. The shaking got especially bad when I thought of showering. I hadn't gone to work or left my apartment since it happened. I was sure they would understand. I really needed to know what was underneath that bathtub. Back and forth, back and forth I paced. I heard the pacing upstairs too. We did it together. Back and forth. Back and forth. October 27th. A knock on my door. I got up startled. Who could it be? You there? A familiar voice. It was Heath. He knocked again. Listen, buddy, I need to talk to you. Open up. I looked around. My place was a disaster. I haven't shaved or showered in many days. I smelled as bad as Heath. I couldn't let him see me like this. I stayed still, waiting. Heath was standing outside my door. He was waiting, too. He knew I was in here. That's a doozy, I heard him say as he shuffled outside my door, sadly. I know you're in there. Only I don't understand why you'd be hiding from me. He moved away from my door. I couldn't help Heath that day. I heard the pacing upstairs again. It was driving me insane. I knew it was real. Maybe that was Frank? I decided that instead of looking underneath my bathtub, first had to look upstairs. I was determined to find him there. I waited for a few hours until it got dark, then carefully opened my door, just a crack. I put my eye to the crack and looked around. Nobody was out there. I carefully slipped through my door and found myself outside in the hallway. I haven't been out of my apartment in days. It felt strange to be out there. 
I crouched down and carefully climbed up the metal staircase. At the top, I could see a light underneath Heath's apartment door. There was shouting coming from inside. Tony and Heath were apparently arguing. I couldn't hear anything except random snippets of conversation. You dog! Dirt! screamed Tony. Never should! Slut! Witch! Heath was raging. He was slurring his words and was obviously very drunk. There was a sharp noise of something breaking. I crawled past their door and to the left, to the unit that was right above mine. I was shaking with excitement again. I could barely breathe. I was so overtaken by it. I just wanted to look into the keyhole. That was all. Just see what I could find out. Then I heard the sound of Heath's voice get louder. He seemed to be ready to leave, I figured. I froze in horror. The last thing I wanted was for Heath and Tony to find me all dirty and shaking, crouching outside the door of this empty apartment. I quickly pushed on the handle and gave the door a shove. It gave in. The door was unlocked. I quickly slipped away into the unit, just as Heath opened his door and stepped outside. And to hell with you too, bitch! He screamed and slammed the door shut. I heard him breathing heavily as he slowly made his way down the stairs and stumbled out the front door. He was gone. I took a breath of air, relieved to not be discovered. Then I realized where I was. I looked around. The whole place was completely cluttered with old metal hospital furniture. It seemed that every content of each room was emptied in here and left to rust. There was old junk everywhere. I went over to a pile of some metal beds in the middle of the room and examined them. Old and rusty, full of scuff marks in the white paint. All the windows were shut and boarded up from the inside. I found it odd, so I walked up to a window to take a look. In the moonlight, I could see that the board covering the window was full of tiny scratch marks like someone was trying desperately to scratch their way out. I put my hand over them and felt their roughness underneath my fingers. The place was very still and quiet. I turned and looked around the room again. The layout was identical to my unit. I wondered if the bathtub was the same. I went to the bathroom and turned on the light. I froze. The room was completely trashed. Somebody ripped almost all the tiles out and smashed them. There was blood over some surfaces. It looked eerie. The same shower curtain was there, but ripped and shredded to pieces. Some of them bloody too. I saw that the door was full of scratch marks, like somebody was also trying desperately to get out of that bathroom. I got on my hands and knees and looked underneath the bathtub. All darkness, just like mine. The air in there was hot and oppressive, and I was near tears, shaking violently. Then I heard a faint laugh coming from underneath the tub. Yes, it was a laugh. I was so tired and overwhelmed, I couldn't help but laugh myself. 
I laughed and laughed and cried as I laughed. It was like screaming for help. All my repressed frustration coming out as I was laughing there on the floor of a destroyed bathroom. And the laughing from underneath the bathtub got louder, and so did mine. And after a minute, it was impossible to tell if it was my laugh or the one from the bathtub. It blended into one. October 28th. I opened my eyes. It was early morning, and I had to go to work. No more sick time, and I couldn't possibly miss another day. I dragged myself out of bed. I managed to sleep for an hour or so today, but I still felt out of it. Like my mind had melted, and I was left to operate with a few remaining pieces. I felt hot and sticky. I got up and started rushing around. I found a wrinkled, dirty shirt and put it on, tucked it into my pants. That will do. I grabbed a tie. No, no tie. I will look preposterous, all dirty and wrinkled with a tie on. I took it off and threw it in the corner of my room. I rushed outside and ran to my car. I was too afraid to look in the mirror, so I avoided it as much as I could. Yet I could not help but catch an outline of my profile in a passenger window. I shuddered. The person sitting in the driver's seat was not me at all. It was a wasted, dirty body, wet with perspiration and anxiety. I looked at my hands, and they reminded me so much of that hand that grabbed my ankle in the bathtub. I had to look away. My nails were damaged. Some blood still visibly caked on my fingernails. When did I scratch so hard that I damaged my nails this bad? I felt incapable. I could not move. I sat in my car, unable to stir, until the sun finally started to go down. I then slowly got out and went back to my apartment. All I could think of was the room upstairs, the scratch marks, and the bathtub. I needed some sleep. Hey, mister. I looked up and saw Tony in the hallway. She was wearing a bathrobe, her hair falling around her thin face and shoulders. She saw me, and I heard a quiet sigh. She moved away from the metal railing. In the dim light coming from her apartment, she looked scared. Rick, you don't look so good. I'm fine, I said almost inaudibly. I'm fine, I'm just tired. Oh, okay, she stuttered. Listen, you... you seen Heath? Her voice was desperate and quiet. I stopped at my door. I was slightly irritated by her and could not hide it any longer. How the hell am I supposed to know where Heath is? I screamed, my voice loud with rage. I wish everyone would leave me alone. I screamed even louder. Sure, sure, Rick, no worries, darling. She seemed startled by my sudden anger. My name is Frank, I yelled back. 
could see that Tony was taken aback by that. She leaned in closer and saw my face, then suddenly turned and ran into her unit, visibly shaken. I could hear a loud thud of her door closing. I stood alone by my door and really couldn't figure out why she was so shaken. Didn't they know my name was Frank? On the next episode of The Bathtub. Seeing him in this defensive pose, I realized how pathetic this man really was. Everyone hated him. His sister hated him. I hated him. My shaking was so violent I could barely breathe. I looked down and saw the pieces of the broken glass. I picked up the sharpest piece and swung my body over to where Heath sat. Thank you for listening to The Bathtub. A crawlspace media production of a Pi rational story. Narrated by Neil Hilligers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.